0: Welcome to Amped Up with Proud Resister. This is progressive activist Ryan Knight. And I'm Chris Lavoy of The Stephanie Miller Show. And our guest today is uh, Rick Smith. He is the host of The Rick Smith Show. Uh Uh, Rick, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Ryan.
0: Yeah, you know, look, yesterday, House Democrats voted to approve the rules for the impeachment proceedings of Donald Trump. Uh, Republicans have been complaining about transparency. Well, they just got what they asked for, televised impeachment hearings. Yep. I actually don't think Trump and the Republicans understand the magnitude of the moment. Witness after witness has confirmed that there was a quid pro quo, and now the American people will hear their testimony soon in these televised impeachment hearings. You know, I think Democrats have handled this masterfully, while Republicans still really don't have a solid defense. Uh, How do you see this playing out, Rick? Because, look, public support for impeachment is already over 50%, and I just see this number getting even higher as, as people start to watch the hearings now.
1: I hope you're right, but I, I see the defense is, is pretty simple. It's all it's been what they've always been their defenses. Uh, yes, so what? Uh, <laughs> that's been, that's going to be their defense. Yes, we did it. But you know what? We're 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 tough. We're unconventional. We, you know we're brazen. We're gonna we're we're shaking things up, Ryan. Right. So that's the
2: defense. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I, I, I'm a criminal. So what? Come and get me.
1: Well hello. Yeah. Did, isn't this the guy who said I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue? Yeah. He did. My supporters wouldn't care. And the reality is it's true he could and they wouldn't. Yeah. Ah. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> well it's it's, it's 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 but, but it's thing, but it's, this it's is where it's, this breaks down because it's like, yeah. it's like everything in this country at this moment. Yeah. You've got, you know, a, a a large portion of people on one side, a large portion on the other, and it's gonna come down to those folks as it always does who are the least informed who are the least engaged and, and the least knowledgeable. It's going to come down as if this is simple enough to make them go, yeah, this is bad.
0: Right. I mean, the the fact that public support, though, for impeachment has risen, I think we, we've risen like 13% in just a month, right? right? And, and we're already over 50% support impeachment and removal. So my head says, okay, w- w- let's get all this off Fox News and Twitter, you know, and off cable news, And let's get it now into these these televised impeachment hearings where the Democrats now will bring in these witnesses, you know, like Bill Taylor, you know, and and, and, uh, what was his name? Vinland. Alexander Vinland. Yeah, Vinman. Uh, and, And there was another one just yesterday, and they bring him in. They confirm that there was a quid pro quo, that the president of the United States shook down the president of Ukraine, you know, to interfere in our election systems, you know, and their their military aid was contingent upon that. I do think it's a pretty simple sell. And then the last thing I'll just say is I think that once we have this all gets on television, people get to watch it. Right. Then we'll get into the Senate for the trial. And I just think it's going to be a lot harder for, for these Republican senators to be in the Senate in the trial when all these facts are disclosed and they're under oath. Right, it's a lot different than to lie like that than to just go on Fox News and lie.
2: Right?
1: I agree, but here's the thing. Here's the problem: um, the Republicans are betting on that they're they're going to be fairly safe. Uh, they're betting on that you know we've we've polarized in the red states and blue states, and there are, aren't a lot of purple states. Uh, they've really bet on the fact that uh, there are a lot of, of of there's a lot of gerrymandering going on, and right. they're hoping to pick up a lot of the seats that they lost. That that Trump won the won that congressional district, but a Democrat ended up winning in in 2018. That's where they're they're putting their money, Uh, because look at the end of the day, they have no defense. You know what's that old legal rule? If the facts are on your side you argue the facts if the right. law is on your side you argue the law and if neither are on your side you bang on the table to scream right the republicans are banging on the table yeah. and screaming
0: yep and they're screaming really loud right that's kind of their hallmark you know you're right rick i mean they're not even they're attacking they, they have been attacking the process right because they can't argue substance because they don't have you know the like you said the facts aren't on their side but now that the that, that democrats just you know voted to to give them transparency you know they can't argue process anymore. So what is their defense going to be, right?
1: Yeah, but Ryan, they never wanted transparency. They don't give a rat right. a tinker's damn about yeah. <laughs> uh, the process, or they wanted to be able to to have their little, uh, you know, their little tantrum moment by breaking into the skiff. They wanted to have their moment on Fox News of moral indignation. And look, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats called their bluff, as you knew they were going to do. So the next stage is normalizing It's saying, hey, you know, it was a perfect call. There was nothing wrong with it. And you know what? We want a president who's going to negotiate and be, be tough at the bargaining table. You know this is coming. Yeah. Well,
0: but, you know, you look at there was a poll out uh, just this morning where his approval rating with the Republicans is now at 74 percent. I mean, that's pretty low. I mean, it's gone from like 90% right. at the heart of the, you know, mega, mega, and, you know, they're all drinking the Kool Aid, 74%. And then it's at 37% with independents. Now, let me tell you, Donald Trump cannot win re election with a, an approval rating of 37% with independents, right? I mean, as long as the Democrats don't screw it up, which, sure. of course, we obviously well, could. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he won in 2016 because he won over independents. And he, and he won white women. He won 52% of white women. And they have also left the building. White women now support the Democratic Party. We saw that transition happen uh, at the midterms, right, in 2018. So he's, he's purging white women. He's purging independents. And his approval is, is falling even lower now with Republicans. You know, it's like, what, what is, I mean, are they just counting on the gerrymandering and the, the fe- more fear mongering? Because that didn't work exactly. in, the, in the midterms.
1: Right they're counting on the fact that they've done a pretty good job of suppressing votes across the country, and they think that they, you know, they, they could pull out a new bag of tricks. Because I don't know if you saw from Georgia, they're they're purging yeah. people from the voting rolls. Right? Uh, they're they're planning on they've got enough enough things in place where you know what they can they can pull a little few levers and, and maybe pull pull this out. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the, one of the things that's really frustrating to me is, you know, you've you've pointed out that you know the, he's losing women, he's uh, he's losing blue collar workers uh, because manufacturing jobs are going away, and you know that that dream that that he kept putting on them in 2016 that all those factory jobs are coming back, we were going to recreate the 1950s, ain't happening. Yep. So you know, with all of this still at play, he still has that you know 36, 38 uh, percent, the the the, the tried and true blue. Uh, red, you know, <laughs> uh, you know the, the, the faithful, the mm-hmm. you know the the blind face, uh, faithful. You're always going to have them. Yeah. Time for the rest of us to go. You know what? We need to move forward and, and move this guy along. Do I think he's going to be convicted? No. I think he'll be impeached. But I don't think I don't think the Republicans. I truly don't think they have a soul, and I don't think they care about our democracy or our constitution or any of that stuff. I think whoever's controlling them, probably the Russians are pulling the strings and this is where we are in this country but you know and what at the end so of the day it's going to come back to what do we do in 2020 yeah I, I know we want to focus on on the impeachment and i want to bash this mm-hmm. this, this orange menace as much as, as possible but at the end of the day i still want to see his ass get kicked at the ballot box yeah. i want to see him thrown out on his ear by we the people and not by something that can be spun as oh they're just gun informing
2: yeah
0: well you know what's interesting rick is and i totally agree but i actually think that 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 the impeachment will actually help us vote him out because i think that you know in my head is like as soon as he started to toy and monkey with the 2020 election and he's trying to interfere in the 2020 election it's like if they didn't start these impeachment hearings just imagine if pelosi hadn't started he'd still be trying to you know ask foreign countries to interfere in our election so i actually think that doing this look the senate you know if republicans want to defend donald trump over the constitution of the united states let them because that's going to look bad on them and we can use that in messaging in 2020 to, like look these republicans protected a criminal someone who <laughs> called on foreign governments to interfere in our elections. so i actually am proud of the democrats for having a backbone and I'm proud of Pelosi for finally getting on board, you know, what What? all the Democratic activists have been calling on for, you know, since the Mueller report. And I think now that we're all one team, we're united behind impeaching him. And then I think this impeachment is going to fuel us and energize us to, if the Republicans don't convict, that we'll vote him out in 2020.
1: Yeah, but don't you think the other side's possible, too? I mean, this, impeachment's always a double-edged sword in that, it, you know, I know a lot of people, and look, I live in Trump country, so I might be a little bit... Uh, a little, I'm seeing a little bit outweighing.
0: You're in Pennsylvania, uh, right?
1: What, I'm in central Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's Pittsburgh on one end, Philadelphia on the other. Right. Uh, Alabama in the middle. I'm yeah. in the Alabama section of Alabama. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. my, my friend from Pennsylvania calls it Pensatucky.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, when I moved here, the first five people I met were, were Civil War, well, the first four were Civil War reenactors. One was actually a Civil War enactor.
2: Wow. Uh, and his
1: view was that you could. Read, he goes out every year and he fights the same battles. Only he figures out how they can win. Hmm. Um, that's the scary part because there are a bunch. Of, there are more uh, Hillary for prison signs here still still up. Wow. Uh, wow. Than, than anything else. So it's it's one of these crazy areas. But yeah, the messaging. But
0: your perspective is good people, though because you see kind of what you're in it.
1: Right. Uh, no, I'm right here. Yep. So you know the messaging that I'm get is first it's not a big deal. Uh, it doesn't rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. Right. Yeah, he did something wrong, but hey, you know what? He's fighting for the country. He's, you know, he's 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 protecting our dollar. And the other the other vein in this is just pl- purely that he's he's our guy, and you know, Obama did much worse. Mm. So it's that whataboutism that you right. always get. Right. And understand. And this is this is where you know you and I are you know in this stuff you know every day. Right. The average everyday you know, citizen in this country turns on their, their radio in their car driving to work and all they hear is right-wing blather on talk radio. Right. That's it. There's right. virtually no left-wing radio. There's virtually no progressive radio. There's virtually no, no sane radio. It's all crazy start to bottom. In fact, Philadelphia, for instance, they've got five conservative talk stations, not one that you would consider liberal. Wow. And the conservative goes from conservative to, oh, well, kind of crazy conservative. Yeah. Right. Oh, my fucking God, you're crazy yeah. conservative.
0: Right. To fear-mongering up to level 1,000.
1: So this is this is my my fear is always the right wing has masterfully built an echo chamber, a message machine that you have to be in awe of. And, and look, I am. I'm in awe of the, wealthy, the wealth class of this country investing in and sticking with building an enormously powerful media machine yep. that spins whatever the corporatists want. And right now, the corporatists, are pretty happy with Trump and the tax cuts and all of the horrible deregulation and all of the attacks on workers, the environment, consumers. Yep. Go down the list. This administration has been the wet dream for, for the, the corporate class and the yep. wealthy because they're robbing us blind at every turn. And while we can focus on, on all of the, 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 the dumpster fire that's going on in the, in the White House, we're getting screwed at every turn because of the policies. And it's going to take a generation just to figure out how bad, let alone clean up the mess.
0: Right. No, look, I'm glad you brought this up, the, the, the corporatist, because, you know, one thing I always say is that the real battle in this in this country is not Republican versus Democrat or right versus left. It's, you know, the billionaire class versus we the people, you know, it's it's the super wealthy and the rich ver- versus everybody else, because, you know, while we're going at it, you know, at each other, they're just, you know, making more and more money. You know, and I think this is a good time to kind of transition to what I wanted to spend the bulk of our show talking about. And, you know, that's I just watched this documentary on uh, the 2016 election and kind of, you know, what really happened. And one of the things that that I am actually the most concerned about um, is that a lot of people in our party didn't learn what I think is the most important lesson from 2016. You know, people voted for Trump because they were sick and tired of the status quo. Yep. And they, they wanted radical change. Yeah. But, but as we've seen, Trump is not the, the right kind of change. You know, he took a, a rigged system and he rigged it even more for the rich and the powerful. The kind of change we need in America is change for the people, not for the powerful. The kind of change that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are fighting for. Yet we keep hearing this, this kind of tired narrative from the elites in our party and, and the corporate media that only a centrist can, can beat Donald Trump, you know, and you know, I would just some food for thought, you know, Obama campaigned very progressively in, in 2008, although he governed uh, pretty moderately. And the last three times Democrats lost, it was with more moderate candidates, uh, you know, Kerry, Gore and Clinton. Uh, and so it's like, Rick, my head is like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. When are people going to wake up in our party and realize that only a progressive that can, you know, lead a movement and mobilize millions of middle and working class people can beat Donald Trump?
1: I agree. I, you have to have somebody who has vision. And I, you know, I, I, as, a, as, a, as an old white guy, uh, <laughs> I'm often asked, you know, how does the Democratic Party... Win back people like me. You know, a blue collar guy, uh, you know, been truck driver for 30 years. I, I do this little program that I do. I've been doing this for 14 years. Uh, you say, hey, how, how do we win back the white working class? And I go, Well, first, drop the white part. How do you win back the working class? Mm. And I've always said the reality is that Democrats have, have taken the working class for granted. Mm. Uh, what I want is I want somebody who's going to ball up their little digits and keep their thumb on the outside, and get into the mix and start throwing some punches. I want someone Mm. who's going to actually fight for me, instead of offer to hold my coat when I'm getting my ass kicked. Mm. Uh, Because the sad reality is the working class of this country has been getting their ass kicked for way too long. And what Donald Trump gave a good portion of them is this hope that, you know what, maybe I'm going to be able to feed my kids. Maybe those days of yesteryear, where I had that good-paying union job down at the factory, maybe those days can come back. And look, you know, 2016 was not a surprise to me. Election night was not anywhere surprising to me because look, I didn't like Hillary as a candidate. She was way too, way too moderate, mm-hmm. and I didn't believe her on trade. I mean, I didn't believe her on a lot of stuff. Mm. When I, yeah, I called Trump winning in April of 16, and, and I'll tell you the quick story. I, my grandmother passed away. I went back to Cleveland to visit my family and, and to, for the funeral and all that. And my family, otherwise known as the basket of deplorables. <laughs> <laughs> um, who were, who are not politically active whatsoever, have never voted in their lives, don't give a shit about politics, other than the complaint about how horrible all politicians are, they were registering the vote in alarming numbers mm. because they bought it. We're going to get those factories back that lined Brook Park Avenue. We're going to get those, you know, those hundreds of feeder jobs that fed into to the Ford plant that was massive and the Chevy plant that was enormous and LTV Steel and Republic Steel and all these. It's all coming back, and we're going to have that ability to have the you know the little house with the picket fence and you know one income and two cars in the driveway and kids going to college and vacation and that American dream that we've all been told is what we should be striving for, because look these people since Reagan took office forward, uh, they've been getting their butts kicked. Yeah. Deindustrialization, globalization, free trade, all of this stuff has just been kicking them in the teeth at yep. every opportunity. And they finally heard a politician said, you know what? Bullshit. We're not doing it anymore. And, oh, by the way, they also heard we're going to go after those those lazy minorities and all those people that we hate, the queers and all that stuff, uh, which was a, a double bonus because, look, they're against that as well.
0: Right. But, and oh, and but then, but as we all know, Trump Trump was lying to them, right? And he oh, actually, yeah. you know. But was, they were so desperate they were to so desperate. hear that. Right.
3: That they'll, I mean, you know, I, I can't say that I blame them, that they were desperate to hear that, and yeah. so they believed them.
0: So, well, and that's why I call, you know, he was he, he had this kind of, populist message yeah. but he's really a phony populist right because he doesn't help working right. people he has now rigged the system he even more tell against working, them he will tell working people anything they want to hear yes. to get elected well and then he used like he used a race baiting message you know that's of kind of I mean, of course because right.
1: we're a racist country I, right and, and look it's i'm not even saying that you know it's only white to black because i know a lot of black people who hate whitey uh you know we, we're this, this whole idea that, you know, we can all love each other, I'm, I'm struggling still with. I'm hopeful. I'm yeah. hoping it happens. But we always seem to be able to be pitted against one another. And, and one of the things the wealth class does masterfully is pitting us against one another. White collar, blue collar, green right. collar, pink collar, ring around yep. the collar. They've figured out how to, how, to, how to slice and dice us into subsets of gender and race and religion and all this stuff so that we end up eating each other and not them. Right. What I'm hoping is this election cycle, all of this stuff. You know, I said when Trump became president, I think he's going to be the great uniter. He's going to unite this country. It'll be against him. Yes. But I'm hoping he unites the country, and I'm hoping I'm right. I'm hoping we all have this collective wake up where we go, holy shit, this was bad. Yeah. We should we should figure out who, who really is responsible. Oh, yeah. It's all those people who got the massive tax cuts who didn't share any of them. the greedy bastards. And that's who we go after.
0: Right. Well, but the here's my fear, though, is that Trump's fear-mongering has paralyzed so many people in our own party that, you know, you hear Democrats, they're, they're so worried about turning off voters when they need to be more worried about turning out voters, right, and, and appealing to voters. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, some people think the key to victory is moderation. No, the key to victory is motivation and inspiration and, and candidates that that, you know, while Trump was— promising them this kind of return of kind of economic patriotism and, you know, where working people can succeed here again. We need candidates who are actually going to deliver that message, right? That are actually going to fight for working people. Because like you said, Rick, that's the problem in America. The last 50 years, and I'd say it's even a little bit before Reagan, but definitely Reagan was the, you know, the speeding up of trickle-down economics, you know? But the big problem in America is year after year, decade after decade, corporations get more more powerful and more powerful and richer and richer, and working people and the middle class keeps getting less power and keeps getting poorer and poorer. That's the problem. And so we need a politician or a leader who's going to fight back against these greedy corporations and billionaires. And right now, the only two candidates that I see doing that in the Democratic primary are Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders.
1: Right. And look, I was a Sanders guy in, in 2016. Uh, you know, from the beginning, I voted for him. I, I wanted him to run. I actually had talked to him, you know, in February, uh, you know, before the year before, and I said, Bernie, this is, this is your time. You've got to jump into this. Uh, more than anything, you, we need your message. Look, Sanders was the first guy I ever interviewed doing this radio program. Mm. Uh, I have believed his message because, look, most of the time, he's been on the right side of things,
2: yep. uh, especially
1: on the economic stuff. And for me as a labor guy, the economic stuff is most important. Uh, my problem with Clinton is she was always wrong, but she learned. My problem with Biden, he's always been wrong, but he's, he's, he's learned. Now, I don't want somebody who's always wrong and then learns. I want somebody who gets the thing right, right from the start. Mm. And yeah. you said something a second ago you know, that, that caught my attention. You remember back in 2004 uh, when everyone was wearing the anybody but Bush shirts? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think we need to learn the lesson of, you know, I, I hear this from people all the time. We're going to vote for anybody but Trump. No, anybody but Trump isn't going to work. It didn't work for Bush. It's not going to work for Trump. I need somebody that I want to vote for. Yes. I don't want to vote against somebody. Right. Give me a reason to come out. Give me a reason to go. Yes, I, I believe your vision. Right. And, and look, you know, Warren and Sanders are, are you know right there at the very top. Yeah. Uh, I like Sanders a little bit better because he's talking he's talking my language as a labor guy. Right. And Taft Hartley. Yep. Immediately get it all gone. Yep. And go back to the original intent of the National Labor la- la- National Labor Relations Act, which was. Uh, the employee has the rights. In fact, if you read the original NLRA, there is not one paragraph, not one sentence, not one word, not one syllable that gives employers any rights, because they understood from the beginning that employers had all the rights. What the NLRA they did is it gave employees right to organize, to collectively bargain, to strike, to have secondary boycotts, to have community involvement. And the first thing that the Republicans did when they had a chance is a Ram Taft Hartley threw over the veto of Harry Truman and, and took away all of that stuff. Mm. And then we get these bullshit elections and, and your captive meetings and harassment, and that's when you start to see the decline of union unionization in this country. Right. Give give me the ability to organize. Give me the ability to, to get workers to join unions, and I'll tell you how we fix inequality in this country, and we hold the billionaires accountable.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I I just pulled the fundraising numbers for... uh. Uh, 2019 so far and when you just look at it's really impressive you look bernie sanders has raised 74 million dollars elizabeth warren has raised 60 million dollars and then Buttigieg judge has raised 50 million and biden is all the way down at 37 million w- what i just find so fascinating is you know elizabeth warren and bernie sanders have raised a combined 134 million dollars it's actually more than trump uh, and they're outraising every centrist with small dollar donors. Right. So it just it's like it, it it drives me nuts when I hear Democrats think we need a centrist. Like, why wouldn't you go where the energy in our party is? Why wouldn't you go with the with one of the with the candidates who are inspiring people in our party and they're drawing the biggest rallies? You know that, you know, Bernie and Warren have had rallies of over 20,000 people. You know you
1: don't see that on Fox News, do you? No, you don't.
0: No, and, no. but you don't see Biden or Buttigieg having peep twenty thousand people at their rallies. No, you
1: right, know? Right, right, but here's here's the thing, and this is what what I tell my my centrist lovers, um, you know, because they say you know Sanders and Warren are too extreme, and you know they're they're never going to get anything done. I go, understand, both Sanders and Warren are, are bright people, um, and they're good negotiators. I believe the problem with the Democratic Party is is we negotiate kind of kind of like this. Uh, I, I want to have this, let's say, the minimum wage. I want to have a $10 an hour minimum wage. So they come out and they say, okay, well, we want a $10 minimum wage. Republicans go, no. Okay, we'll take a $9 minimum wage. Republicans go, no. Yeah. Okay, how about eight? And we, we, we negotiate our way back right. and end up getting nothing instead of saying what, what, what Sanders is saying, repeal Taft-Hartley entirely. Is that going to happen? Probably not. The Republicans are never going to let it happen, and then some centrist Democrats will But at least you can move a little bit back from that and still get something really good. Well, and this he, is what, we, what the Democrats have forgotten, basic negotiating skill.
0: Well, because the problem, you're hitting the nail on the head, Rick, is that some Democrats, like the Bidens and the judges, they want to come to the table with a moderate position, which is already a watered-down position. Yep. So when you're negotiating from a moderate standpoint, you're not coming from a place of, of strength. Right, so it's the same thing with healthcare. You know, they're the moderates are are down at kind of this. They're basically just want to keep everything as it is. You know, with the with the same healthcare system we have, and add a public option. Well, even adding a public option to add people on, you're not the biggest problem in America right now is that middle class and working class families can't afford their healthcare. They can't afford Obamacare. You know, and a lot of that has to do with the way what Republicans have done to it to kind of throw you know a wrench in it. But that to me is the difference. Like you got Warren and Bernie who want to negotiate from the strongest position for working people and middle-class people, Medicare for all. Right. And then obviously that might get, you know, when you meet with Republicans, things could change, but why wouldn't you come from your strongest position?
1: I agree. You know, I've said you, you you run on uh, Medicare for all, and then maybe you settle for Medicare for people over 50. Right. And, And I know this is a divisive thing, but you know, here's the thing. If you had Medicare for people 50 or 55 and older, the, the job force would would quickly get younger. Uh, people who are you know in their mid, late fifties, early sixties, who are just you know they're, they're dying for retirement. You go, I, I got to get to the, the finish line because they got to get to Medicare. It's not that they don't have enough money. It's not that they you know they don't want to do something else. It's that hey, I can't afford the health care cost. Right. I know tons of people who are working gr- jobs that they hate simply because they need the health care. Yeah. Well, and,
0: that's and, one of the bent things people don't talk enough about Medicare for all that it would it would create this new level of entrepreneurship because also if you started a small business you don't have to worry about covering your, your employees on health care right and it also allows people to like you said if you don't want to work at that job you can switch jobs or you can start your own business and you'll still have health care
1: right now look I do I'm, I do physical manual labor I work I work for a trucking company
2: mm.
1: um, I know guys who are you know, a little bit older than me you know their backs are given out their knees are shot their hips are shot uh, you know they've done you know millions of pounds of lifting they're They're physically ready to go, and you know they've still got another ten years. Because hey, thanks to the Reagan era, you know people my age aren't going to retire till we're sixty-seven. And as you get a little bit older, as you get younger, it gets further down the road. Uh, You're doing these kind of jobs, you're wearing out. And for me, the uh, the ability to just say, you know what, let's just start moving those folks into retirement, and and get a younger crop of folks in because, uh, it's what we it's what we need to be doing.
0: Right one thing that also concerns me is there was a poll out this morning from Iowa and uh, Warren is ahead. She's at like 22 percent and Bernie's right behind her, I think at like 19 or 20 percent. And Biden has now fallen into fourth, actually, behind Buttigieg uh, at like 16 percent. But what's most concerning is when you look at the cross-tabs of the poll, Biden is polling at 2 percent with voters under the age of 45. Right. 2 percent. Now, You'll hear a lot of people, you know, that old talking point that, you know, only baby boomers vote or, you know, only old people vote. It's actually false. Uh, 38% of the 2020 electorate is going to be millennial and Generation Z voters. So while we're going through all this chaos with Trump, you know, and people are already in fear, people aren't realizing that we're also in the midst of a generational shift, Right. right? Where there's going to be more millennial voters than we've ever had. And Biden doesn't appeal to them. I'm a millennial. He doesn't appeal to us. You know, he he's his positions on climate change, his positions on gun violence, his positions on healthcare, they're they're antiquated. You know, he's talking about things 15, 20 years ago. Those those solutions aren't working. If those solutions work, then we wouldn't have these crises that we have. You know, we're not gonna solve these old problems with old thinking. And so my head is you don't hear it enough on corporate media. It's like He's pulling at 2% with people under 45. That's our biggest strength because when younger people vote, we totally demolish the the Republican Party because younger people are more progressive. Now, you'll hear people say, well, oh, you you know, younger people don't vote as much. Well, that's the whole point. We need a candidate that's going to get them to the polls. And Warren or Bernie will. Biden is just not going to do it.
1: I, I hope so. You know, look, at the end of the day, that's always the hope. If you get them out, you win. Right. Um, and Obama was able, in, in 2008, to, to energize the younger generation, and he won over, overwhelmingly, even with some of the tactics. Granted, he had the, you know, the, the, the George Bush recession uh, at his back uh, to, to help, but uh, even in 2012, he was able to, to, to get those folks you know, mobilized and out to vote, Yep. Uh, as where Hillary couldn't. And, and it, it comes to you know, basically what you're saying. Uh, you got to give them a reason to come out and vote. Right. you got to give them a reason to have hope. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I, look, I remember the hope and change. Uh, and they yes, we can, uh, all that stuff. Sadly, we didn't do a lot of the yes, we can that I wanted to see. In fact, yep. you know, I tell this story all the time. Uh, I met I met President Obama, or candidate Obama twice, uh, where, you know, he shook my hand and I said, look, I, I hope you get something better than the Employee Free Choice Act. And he goes, we're going to get that done. Twice. Looked me in the eye. Lied to me both times because they didn't even try. Mm. Uh, but I'll tell you, softest hands of any man I've ever, I've ever shaken his hands. Oh. Uh, never done an honest day's work in his life. I'll bet. Uh,
0: well, I mean, the thing is, you have to remember that Obama felt, had a lot of pushback from the Republicans, and and that was still that time where, you know, we, the Republicans are 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 better at base politics and pushing their message through. And, and too often or not, we get in there and we compromise with them. And that's why I think we need a candidate that is going to be bold and is going to be big and is going to stop backing down, you know, stop bringing a butter knife to a bazooka fight and is not going to, you know, let the Republicans get everything they want. But, you know, one thing I think we have to get to be clear with that, you know, the, the reason, you know, it's it drives me nuts. But so it's like, me and you both agree that failed status quo politics isn't working anymore. It's not working. But, but there's so many people in our party that don't want to abandon it. And they, you know, they're pushing the old narratives and the safer candidates because centrism is better for their bottom line. And I think we have to be clear with that. These, a lot of these candidates are pushing kind of these failed status quo policies to make their big money donors happy.
1: I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem with our politics, right? You know the fact, but that we that don't
0: hear that. Like, if, if you turn on board. CNN or, or or MSNBC, you're not going to hear that message. You know, you're going to hear them talking up Biden and talking up judge and kind of talking up these things, these kind of platitudes. But again, we need real change in this country, or 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 nothing. Or that's my biggest fear: is if we don't have real change, it's going to get worse and worse and worse.
1: Well, a second ago, you said the Republicans, you know, have a, you know, they get what they want. I yeah. understand they don't want anything. Uh, they're happy right where things are right now. Have you seen any mm. legislation from Republicans coming out of, of anywhere? No, no, no. 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 Mitch McConnell up, won't sign any anything. Direction, other than more tax cuts for the wealthy, other than, you know, more deregulations for corporate America, they're quite happy right now. They've got hands firmly planted on both, you know, 10 and 2 o'clock on the steering wheel, yeah. and they're in full control of the car. Even if with Democrats in the House,
3: right? How do we wrestle control away from them? That's the thing. Uh, you know that they have both their hands planted on the steering wheel. How do we get their hands off the steering wheel and get our hands on the steering wheel?
1: Uh, again, it comes back to what we've been talking about. You got to yep. have somebody at the top of the ticket yep. that's going to have coattails, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one of the things that Obama did not have. Uh, you know, throughout his presidency, you got to have someone who's going to energize and engage and keep people focused on, you know, the the mission ahead. Yeah. You know, I thought Obama had a chance in 2009 because the, we were we were in, in free fall. The economy was struggling. People were struggling. He, he, he was an inspiring figure. There was an opportunity to build the kind of movement that Sanders talks about. Right. You know, this this kind of movement of, you know, it's not just about him. Uh, it's about all of us. Uh, I thought he had that chance in 2009, and he, and he said, no, go ahead, go back to, you know, I did the George Bush, just go shopping.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: you know, the other thing,
0: you know, I understand why corporations and billionaires don't want big structural change, because it's because it's to their benefit to keep this rigged system intact, right?
1: Especially the big corporations. Right. Which, you but know, what, about two years ago, I learned a new word. Uh, I love learning new words. Have you ever heard the word monsopony? No. no. Uh-uh. Uh, it's an economic term uh, that means that corporations have grown so large. It's based on monopoly. Hmm. Uh, they've grown so large... That just their mere presence suppresses wages. Mm. So even at a time like now, where you start talking about we've got three point five, three point six percent unemployment, which when I learned economics was, you know, was you know labor shortage, wages should be going skyrocketing. The you know the X curve should be moving to the right. Um, that doesn't happen because you've got these behemoths and this this massive corporate power that's just crushing that. Yeah. And and you know it's 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 amazing that we've come up with a word for it, but that's how bad things have gotten. And, you know, you ask any average everyday working stiff, you know, who's, who's getting up every day, busting their butt, struggling, working longer and harder for less and less, and, and you know, falling further and further behind. I mean, you've seen the, the polls that are out there. 40% of the people can't afford a $400 emergency. Yep. 60% can't come up with a $1,000. Yep. There's something seriously wrong with an economic system when 60% of the country can't, Withstand a thousand dollar emergency without sending them into complete chaos. Well, there's something wrong with that. It has everything to do, again, for me, and and I'm not a Bill Clinton fan by any stretch of the imagination, but James Carville was right. It's the economy, stupid. How are you going to make sure that, first and foremost, people are able to support their kids, put a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and start thinking about, hey, you know, maybe how how does life get a little bit better?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest problem, though, is like we don't have economic barometers and 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 things to measure the economy for working people we have you know the stock market measures the economy for corporations and people who own stocks well guess what half of americans don't even own stocks so you know trump is going to go into some of these swing states and talk about this booming economy when the when the economy isn't really booming for, for working people and middle-class people. And that's why I actually think our only, the, the only way we get there is with a candidate like an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders who can go into those same places. Trump is going to say the economy's booming and they can say, no, the economy is, is booming for corporations and billionaires, but it's not booming for working people. Right. No, and, and the other thing is, is, is when you're talking about wages, when you look at just look, look what's happened under Trump's presidency, workers' wages have stayed pretty flat. I think they've gone up like 3%. Well, guess what? A 3% raise doesn't mean anything when you're paying more for gas now, you're paying more for healthcare costs have gone up, the price of food has gone up, mm-hmm. the cost of rent, rent prices have gone oh, up. Crazy. The cost of, so all of it, all the costs uh, for an average american for for a working class person while all their costs are rising their wages have barely increased so the, so they actually have less money in their pocket under the trump economy than they had in the obama economy and 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 what's really crazy is that in a in a warren economy or a sanders economy Working people and middle class people are going to have the most amount of money in their pocket. It's just the fear mongering that corporations and the Republican Party and, and conservative Democrats use that that to want to keep the, everything the way it is. Because big structural change doesn't help, you know, helps working people and it doesn't help the corporations. Right.
1: I agree. But here's the thing. We can we can buy cheap computers now. Uh, so inflation doesn't appear to be a problem. You know all the things you laid out: gas prices up, food prices up, you know, clothing prices up. You know, you know, healthcare you know, costs. All the stuff. Uh, those are, are all things that are are based. Uh, your inflation rates are based on. They also throw in all the. You know, we get to buy really cheap stuff. So inflation's stagnant. Don't worry, inflation's just fine because you can still buy your widgets and whatnots from China, and, and don't worry about it. Uh, granted, you know, like you said, food and clothing and all that stuff's going through the roof, and your wages are actually stagnant. Right. And and again, you know, I come back to this. Because uh, I talk about it often, uh, there's no such thing as, in my view as a benevolent employer. Uh, they don't bestow things upon us like good wages and, and good health care and, and retirement security uh, and, and safe working places. Uh, you have to demand those. You have to fight for those. Um, that's the only way you're going to you're going to get better wages, hours, and conditions. And for me, it comes back to to, to unionization, uh, people joining and forming unions and, and collectively fighting for a better future, not just for themselves, but for their kids and future generations, like our grandparents, like my grandparents' generation did. Right. You know, they came back from World War II, fought fascism, and then they came back to the shop floor and fought fascism again, uh, and and won, both times. So for me, it's about, you know, looking back and going, hey, how did they do that? It's not the exact same scenario, but it's kind of the same concept. And for me, uh, Warren and Sanders are right there. So let me ask, throw a question back at you, because yep. uh, you're, you're a Warren person, I'm I'm leaning towards Sanders. Yep. Uh, how how do you get you know people to decide? Because this is one of those moments where you know there's 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 a lot of similarities. Uh, the biggest glaring difference is you've got Sanders, who's declared himself a democratic socialist, which I don't think in this country we're smart enough to get the nuance of what's a democratic socialist or a socialist or or, or Warren, who said you know she's a capitalist. Yep. How do you is that the define? Is that what what makes well, the choice? I look. I. I
0: there's a couple things. I think that for the the first, I think that the mistake Bernie has made is to, it it plays right into the fear mongering and and to the, you know, to Trump's fear mongering to the right wing, you know, media fear mongering. And even some of the conservative Democrats fear mongering, uh, in calling himself a democratic socialist because he's always been that. Right. But, but I think we need to be clear about something. And this is, this, this actually helps Bernie is (laughs) socialism. And and helps anyone who just doesn't understand it. Socialism would be if our government, if the United States government, took over every industry in America. So that means that the government would take over Wall Street. It would take over Hollywood. It would take over the, you know, the cellular industry. Every industry, the food industry, everything, right? It
1: would make make all the sneakers, all the T-shirts. All the the sneakers,
0: all the T-shirts. It would take over everything. That's not what Bernie or Elizabeth Warren is fighting for. The only industry that they are advocating that the government should take over would be the healthcare industry. And I, and I actually agree with that. I think that if there's one industry in America where you should just remove the profit motive is is the the healthcare industry, right? Yeah, I because think I think it more is that
1: I'd like to see but we can start there. You
0: know, I think it is immoral to profit off of someone's cancer. I just think that, you know, from a basic argument, it's like you got people who are, di- who are diabetic, and they are dying because they can't afford their insulin. Not like true. it just, you know. So if there's one industry that you know you could, that I just think from a moral issue, from a moral perspective, uh, and a values-based perspective, to remove the profit motive, it, it would be the healthcare industry. So I would say that Bernie is not even a socialist, right? Now, he's I would not. say they're that not he's not a, he's everything. a, right, but, but, <laughs> right, but, the, but, but, the, but we don't live in a country where people are smart enough to know that difference. Trump's going to label him a socialist and or that's all that's going to matter. They're, they're not nuanced. Not, we don't have nuance enough. in our country. Yeah. No, not label if people,
1: him a they're going full on commie. Right. Well, if, uh, if, if people, people in America, though,
0: if people in America paid attention to the nuance and not the noise, Trump would have never been elected. So, like, we got to be honest about that. So I, I don't think that it was that helpful for Bernie to kind of put himself in that democratic socialist box. I think that the way Warren presents the case is she says she doesn't just say she's a capitalist. She says that she she wants to make capitalism more equitable for everybody. Right. And and almost like she wants to save capitalism from itself. Right. And she makes a moral funny. argument like about it. it. You know, because if we don't, look what's going to happen. The rich are going to sure. keep getting richer and the poor are going to keep getting poorer. So I think that's one difference between the two. The other one, look, I'll be clear. I don't, my biggest fear is that Warren and Bernie are going to split the progressive vote and that's going to make, you know, that's going to clear the way for, for a more centrist candidate because I don't think that a centrist candidate is going to beat Donald Trump.
1: I don't either. But I, here's, here's the other part of this. Uh, and and you, you, you I can throw this out and you can tell me how, how wrong I am. Um, in 2016, uh, everyone said, you know, it was you know it was the, the blue collar voters. It was, it was the Republicans came out. It was it was the hate and all the racism and all that stuff. Uh, Pennsylvania, I believe it was the misogyny. Um, I believe Hillary lost because she was a woman, didn't have the little danglies between the legs, and that was it. Uh, and I'll t- I'll tell you why. Uh, in this state, we had three white guys uh, who ran for statewide office: uh, the secretary, the treasurer, auditor general, uh, and uh, attorney general. One walking away. Uh, I think they won by, like, six points. Uh, in fact, they called those elections within, like, 15 minutes of the polls closing. The two white women, uh, Hillary and Katie McGinty, who was running for Senate at the time, lost by about by 1%, which tells me that about 6 to 7% of Democrats went in, pulled the, polls, pulled the lever for the white guys, white guy, white guy, white guy, um, and then white guy, white guy, or white guy, orange guy. Um, and, and to me, it's still the misogyny here in Pennsylvania.
0: So here's what I would say. And I, and I hear that and I hear people say that, you know, just like you can't compa- not, just like all men aren't the same, all women aren't the same either. And so when you look at someone like Hillary and you look at someone like Elizabeth Warren, they're s- two totally, completely different people. Right. I would actually argue that, uh, that Hillary Clinton is a lot more like Joe Biden. Right. You know, if just in, the, in their policies and their politics, Elizabeth Warren is a fighter. Her whole career, she's been a fighter. You know, she took on Wall Street and she won. She's taken on big banks and she won. She took on a uh, a very popular Republican senator, incumbent senator, and she won. You know, she is, you know, kind of the opposite of Hillary. Whereas where Hillary was, you know, when Trump was kind of coming at her in the debates, and she actually wrote about this in her book. She said it was kind of the one mistake that she made where she's, you know, she said she should have turned around and said, you know, back up. You know, Elizabeth Warren will turn around and tell Trump to back up. You're just say like, back the fuck up <laughs>
1: right no <laughs> and so go. that's, that's about, so see, this is one of those things that you know I, I remember saying this back when they were when this was going on the, when they go low we go high i was going no bullshit. yeah uh, i've always believed when they go high you step the motherfucker's head into the dirt and don't let it get back up
0: well you know what? you know it's interesting there in life there is an exception to every rule so 99 times out of 100 when they go low we go high okay that might work but the one time out of 100 that it doesn't work is when you have a fascist autocrat who's trying to destroy our democracy, right? That's that's that one time where if you just keep going high, there might not be a democracy left. Yeah, so it's like with Trump, go you've got to fight back. And, and you know, they asked Warren the other day, you, you know, what, what are you going to do if Trump, you know, comes at you and starts to label you? And she says, look, you can't back down from a bully. That's you, it. you know, you've got to go right back at him. And and that's the difference between, uh you know, Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton. I think
1: that she has impressed me. I, I at the, at the very beginning, I was not, I wasn't, wasn't even considering her. I was, you know, on the Bernie side. Uh, she has, she has shown me that she can fight, and, and I'm, I'm less worried about seeing her on a stage with Trump.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm not worried about that at all. I, I just, you know, I, again, I think that Warren and Bernie can mobilize and lead a movement of millions of working and middle-class Americans. And they can win back a lot of those Trump voters. I just think that our party still doesn't get it yet. Like, we need to, like, think of it, I think of it this way. Billionaires, how many votes do, do billionaires in America have? There are not enough rich people in America to win an election, right? They still only get
1: one vote. I, you know, I've said, you know, the rich people have all the money, but we've outprocreated them, yeah. right? <laughs> the problem we, is,
0: is we have all the votes. And so it's like, it is a movement that's powered by big money donors, you know, and that's the kind of movement by Judge and Biden are building. Is that going to stop Trump? Or is a movement that's powered by the people and for the people? Is that going to stop Trump? And that's the kind of movement that Warren and Sanders are building. And I just think it's so clear and obvious. Like there are not enough big money donors in America to beat Trump in an election. They just don't have enough votes. Get, all, all the votes get, are in the 99. So
1: here's, here's so, the central question in all this, though, because I don't see either Warren or Sanders backing down. And you said it a moment ago. The fear is is that they sp- they split the progressive movement, and you end up with somebody skirting in, uh, you know, like Joe Biden, uh, because they've 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 split the vote. Do you see either one of them willing to back down? Because I don't ever see them coming together. I think, I think they're both just too old to be a one-two punch. Uh, and I think ideologically there's some differences there. Do you see one backing down and, and saying, you go ahead? Or do you, do you see that happening? Or do you see I, going into a convention that might be brokered?
2: Well, look,
0: I see Biden continuing to fade, if I'm being really honest. You know, I, you know he's now fourth in Iowa. He's, I think he's fading in New Hampshire you know and one thing i like to try to explain to people is that you know he's still ahead in a few national polls he's ahead of warren by a few points but at this point in the race the the most important barometer is not national polls right it's the polls of the early states cuz what happens is when iowa whoever wins iowa and new hampshire the first two that's going to shift all the national polling right so if warren wins iowa there goes Biden in the national polls. He's already going to fall down behind Warren. So it's important to look at these early states. And then you look at the fact that Biden doesn't have any money. Yeah. He has no money. He's and running he, out of corporate money. <laughs> and he had to flip flop on his pledge to not support super PAC money in the primary. And now there's going to be a Joe Biden super PAC. So again, for, for centrists in our party who just don't get it, it's like you've got two candidates who are outraising Donald Trump combined with grassroots small dollar donors and some people in our party want to go where the inner you know go to someone who has to open a super PAC just to compete against Warren Sanders like it's insane to me that any Democrat could think that Joe Biden is our best choice um and so I see Biden continuing to fade and so I see Warren and Sanders continuing to rise and I do think this this primary will come down hopefully to the two progressives and the reason i chose warren is i just think that as much as i am a progressive rick i think that i can't deny the fact that the democratic party is still made up of progressives and moderates right i tell people we're not a progressive party and we're not a moderate party we're a progressive and a moderate party and so i just think that elizabeth while joe biden speaks to moderates pretty well and and Bernie Sanders speaks to progressives pretty well. Elizabeth Warren is that one. She's kind of the sweet spot in between Bernie and Biden where she speaks to progressives, but she can also speak to moderates a lot better than Bernie tries to. And I just think that is going to be the winning coalition, not just for the Democratic primary, but that's going to be the the coalition that we can use to beat Trump. That as progressive as I am, we still have to speak to moderates. And, we, and not only that, it's not just speaking to moderates because it's not about watering down our progressive policies. What it's about is it's about explaining to moderates why now is the time for bold change. And I just think Elizabeth kind of does that a little bit better than Bernie Sanders. She's a little bit better of a communicator. She can explain to those moderates why, why we need to go bold.
1: Yeah, she got a plan for everything, and I if I if I had the time to read all of her plans, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be great.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, just
1: I, I see the logic in it. Yeah, I. Do. I yeah. Uh, uh, as I've said, I I I become more impressed by her. As the campaign has gone on, I think she's run a pretty good campaign. As as where you're right, you know, Biden has run a really pre, pretty crappy campaign.
0: Really bad campaign, uh, for he, being honest.
1: He's, he's done what Hillary. He's been doing what Hillary did. Yep. Which you're just tapping your fingers on the desk, waiting, waiting your turn. Uh, you know, yep. Kind of like Martha Coakley did. Right. Uh, and you know, look. And it, the reality is, is, it's it's what the establishment has. Okay, you're next. Yes. Uh, I love the fact that there are a couple people that nobody gave a chance to, and I look at Sanders. Yep. Um, in 2016, nobody gave him a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, and look at what he has accomplished in the party, uh, just in this short period of time. We're talking about medi- Medicare for all, yep. fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, uh, you know, labor law. Finally, a Democratic Party talking about how important labor law is. Yep. So, I mean, he has pushed the party in this direction, and and for that, I, I I'm I'm. I'm thrilled.
0: Me too. Um, you know, look, has- I voted, I voted for Bernie in 2016. I voted for him in the primaries and then, you know, I voted for Hillary in the general cause I can't stand Donald Trump and I didn't want Donald Trump to win. Look, there, Bernie Sanders has shifted the, the, the Overton window and he has, he has, he is the one and he deserves a lot of credit, you know, for being the one that has shifted a lot of this. I just think that Elizabeth Warren is the one who can kind of take it to the next level. Now, now I could be, be wrong. How
1: it plays out. I mean, yeah, and,
0: and look, I will battle. be. I, look, Bernie's my second choice by far. I mean, he is. My first two choices are, are Warren, and then my second choice is Bernie. Because again, I just don't think that a centrist is going to beat Donald Trump. And I love what you said a minute ago about just coronating Biden before the race had even begun, because that's what happened. Like, if we go back to you know February and March of this year, you had CNN and MSNBC and all the elites in our party basically rolling out the red carpet for Joe Biden and coronating him before voters had even voted and it's like when you look at the campaign he's run why aren't people saying to themselves like he's not even running a great campaign now how is he going to run a good campaign against Trump you know like (laughs) how they're campaigning now newsflash is how they're going to campaign in the general too
1: and it's how they're going to govern
0: and it's how they're going to govern and so it's like
1: and this is the thing that, that, that gets me is you know my kids love Joe Biden yeah you know, my my daughter's 17 my son's 13 uh, my 11-year-old not doesn't know so much but the reason they do is they remember all the obama biden memes yeah and they just thought they were the most hysterical they were the greatest things yeah. he's not even doing that right and you know he has access to all of obama's people couldn't you get the old gang back together now look i'm not saying joe biden is is charismatic and is able to give a, a speech as well as obama but you know, can't you get some of the people around you to you know to kind of you know put the mirrors in the right place
2: right
0: well, I mean, the other thing is, so it's like Joe Biden is not Barack Obama. Like, True. I mean, wake up, Democrats. I don't like,
1: do bash on, on, on Biden too much. I yeah. actually like Joe Biden.
0: But he's not. I mean, if you want the hope and change candidate in this primary, it's Warren or Bernie. Right. I mean, he, saying, Biden is not I'm running not, a I'm hope and change campaign. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to beat up on him too much because I like the guy. I think he's a good guy. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Um, really good guy. I just think his time has passed. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the end, I'll, I'll I'll end this where I started it, is he's been wrong almost all of the time when it mattered. Yeah. And, yeah. And look, he learned and that's great, but I want somebody who's going to be right before they were wrong.
0: Right. right. And I also just think that, you know, a lot of people think it's just about beating Donald Trump. And I would say that, yeah, it's about beating Trump, but it's also about bringing real change to, to a country that desperately needs it. I mean, we've got a gun violence crisis. We've got a healthcare, cost of health care crisis. You know, we've got a climate crisis. And status quo politics are just not going to solve these crises, right? And you look at Trump and it's like, Trump is the symptom. You know, the disease is that we have a government that's been corrupted by greed. You know, our, go- our government is supposed to work for, for we the people. Instead, it works for corporations and billionaires. And I don't see Biden changing that. I see him just kind of continuing things as normal. He won't, be as ra- he won't be racist like Trump is, and he won't be you know, dysfunctional like Trump is, and he won't be tweeting ridiculous things like Trump is. But just going back to normal, if we just go back to 2016 and pretend Trump never happened, guess what? Go back to 2016. Everyday Americans were hurting. Yep. The working class was hurting. You know, they couldn't afford their health care then, so so nothing will really change with Biden.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and and, and one of these things you say will go back to normal. I don't remember what normal was. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> uh, and you know, look, it, I predicted that this was going to be the most kleptocratic administration in history. That Ronald Reagan would be smiling in his grave because there'd be more indictments. <laughs> uh, you know, all that stuff's happening. You know, and look, it's not because I'm smart. Right. It's not because I have a crystal ball. It's because you saw this train wreck happening. Let me ask you a question, because I ask everybody this. Um, I predicted things were going to be really bad. Uh, on Inauguration Day, I said it's going to be the worst four years of our lives. It's going to be horrible. Uh, I've now amended that. It's it's even worse than I thought it was going to be, and I imagined it being really bad. Uh, now, I'm sure you were probably in the same vein. Is it, Has it been better or worse than you imagined?
0: I thought it would be the worst presidency we've ever seen, and it's... Worse than I even expected it. I am right the same, same way here. as you. Same and here. and you know, just to kind of put a wrap on this podcast is the question we need to ask ourselves is who in our party is going to bring back these working collar these these working class voters, right? In these independent voters that went for Trump, and I think that a bold progressive like a Warren or a Bernie, while you hear the corporate media put all put out all this fear mongering and say that you know they're never going to vote for someone like Bernie or Warren. I actually think it's the opposite. I think that working people and people that are struggling are going to vote for a Warren or a Bernie over Donald Trump before they would about Biden. You know, it's that that old there was an old saying, I can't remember who said it. It's a famous politician, but he said, if you give voters, you know, if you if, if voters have to Very choose true. between a, a a Republican and a Democrat that acts like a Republican, they're going to choose the Republican every time. Yeah. And so it's like Why? Why are we trying to be Republican light? Why are we trying to be so moderate? You know, we've got to stop compromising our liberal values to try to win because we're not really winning. You know, when you look back at the Obama presidency, although he was a very charismatic figure and he is one of our greater presidents, there was a lot more he could have done for working people and he didn't. No, no,
1: look, uh, I'm his his biggest critic. Yeah. Um, uh, Look, I had such high hopes. Uh, I was again, I was hoping you know that something better than the Employee Free Choice Act would have gotten passed and I, you probably don 't even know what what EFCA was, uh, but you know, I was hoping for something better than that, just like during the Carter years, I was hoping for major labor law reform yeah. uh, as a kid, I was hoping for you know during the Clinton era, strike replacement. none of yep. that stuff came yep. Dem- Democrats always the first thing off the table is what will benefit working people and I, I hope this time around. I hope that th- that's, that's not the case. I hope working people are at the front of the line and not the back.
0: Thank you. And the, the last thing I'll just say is, is, you know, when you hear all these corporate media pundits say that, you know, a progressive can't win. Look, we don't even have models on a progressive, on a truly progressive candidate winning because the United States of America has not had a truly progressive president since FDR. I mean, that is how long it's been, Rick. So we don't even know what the model looks like because it doesn't happen right? Our party has been shifting. Well, you hear people in the corporate media say, oh, are the Democrats moving too far to the left? Uh, Excuse me, the Democratic Party has been moving to the right just like the Republican Party has been. Like, we need to go left. Dude, (laughs) dude,
1: Richard Nixon, Richard freaking Nixon started OSHA, started the EPA, had a national health care plan. Richard freaking Nixon... Yes, is more progressive than a
0: lot of Democrats today. That's what I'm saying like Democratic Party has moved to the right and and that's kind of what we're fighting against too and you know what drives me nuts Rick is there aren't any moderate Republicans left they're all fascists now so why why aren't the corporate media pundits attacking the GOP for going too far to the right oh that's right because they're too busy demonizing progressives and pressuring the Democratic Party to stay moderate like the whole conversation is backwards
1: I absolutely agree, and the the, the <laughs> thing that has to be done is we have to we have to talk to each other, yep. and we have to demand. Yes. You know, what, what gives me great hope? Uh, what gives me great hope is this this past month we have seen more people in the streets on strike yep. than at any time since the Reagan era. Yep. And to me, that that boots on the ground, uh, hands in pockets kind of mentality that we're going to fight for a better tomorrow gives me such great hope that maybe our mindset is. No longer, hey, I'm just happy to have a job. You know, I don't don't, don't ask me nothing to... Damn it, I'm sick, I'm tired, and I'm not going to take it anymore.
0: Right, and I want to thrive. Like, I want to live in an America where... The cor- it's not the corporations and billionaires that are, are the only ones who get to thrive. Like I want to see working people thrive. I want to see the middle class thrive. I want to live in a country where you know, people are feeling good about themselves again. And that's not going to happen until we have a president and political parties that have the courage to fight back against you know, these corporations and billionaires that have controlled our political system. That's what it comes down to. They are, stop- they are stopping real change in America.
1: And that's the point.
0: <laughs> yep, and that's the point. They want yeah. <laughs> to. Awesome, well, uh, they, Rick. This, they, has, look, been they, a, this has, has been they an this has been an amazing. Hands
1: on the steering wheel, and they do not plan on giving one a them. Nope. Up. This is why you got to get a crowbar and get those fingers snapped off. Yeah, yeah.
0: I Well, look, Rick. I've really enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, thank you so much, Rick. Where can we hear your show?
1: Uh, we're live nine to eleven p.m. every every weeknight. Uh, you can go to our Twitter account @ricksmithshow, at Rick Smith Show at the the Rick uh, we're on a number of stations throughout northeastern, uh, northeastern U.S. Um, you know, podcasts everywhere. You know, we, we everybody does that. Um, you know, all that stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Rick.
1: Also, I forgot oh. know, Saturday night, seven p.m. Free Speech TV. Uh, we do our little uh, little program, little song and dance. There, you can check your local listing, Direct TV, uh, uh, Dish Network,
3: or the Free uh, Speech TV app on Apple TV or Roku.
1: There you go. Yeah.
3: All right. Progr- awesome. Progressive Twenty Twenty. <laughs> amen thank you Ryan. appreciate yeah. it man thanks rick okay, thanks rick all right that was very cool he's yeah. awesome yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah
0: it's also good you know look i the goal of my podcast is i just want to give people because they don't get to hear these kind of messaging mm-hmm. when they watch cnn or msnbc right. right you know i'm not here to trash on centrist i'm just like look there's another there's another lane exactly you know yep. <laughs> there's another lane we can take yep. and and we might just not only win but we might actually win for the american people too yeah absolutely um, so before we go, we yep. got to talk about Plexiderm. Plexiderm is amazing. How long have you been using it now?
3: Um, probably about a month now. And look how young and dewy I look. I don't see any bags under your ass. No, uh-uh. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I've been using it for like three months. Yeah. And, and no, no bags or dark circles under feel- yours.
0: Nice and smooth. Yeah. You know, you put a little bit of a little bit of it on underneath your eye when yep.
3: you wake up. And it tightens everything up. It's it amazing does. how it works. And it, it does it in just a couple of minutes and
0: gets rid of the dark circles. Yes. So go to triplexiderm.com and use my code sexyliberal for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right. 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code sexyliberal. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day back money by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Yep. Visit TriPlexiderm.com and use code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's TriPlexiderm.com, code SEXYLIBERAL. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amped Up. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation online, you can go and use the hashtag Amped Up. Yep. Also follow uh, the Rick Smith Show on Twitter. Uh-huh. It's just at Rick Smith Show. Yep. And we'll catch you next week with an all-new episode.
3: Hey, this is Bob Seska, host of The Bob Seska Show. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to love my show, where every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we talk about this guy. Trump is crazy. And this guy. Trump
1: is a f***ing
3: idiot. And we say this a lot. Sweet, merciful crap. Because... He can't keep getting away with it. Find The Bob Seska Show at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, bobseska.com, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.